Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome in to the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. On this episode, we are going to be breaking down Team Deals on Wheels, which is owned by Garrett Sturkin. He is our final team breakdown before we get into next week being the NFL season. Um, And then hoping to get two episodes coming your way. No edits. So um, let's just get to it. Sturk's team. So 25 vets, four rookies. Looking at it here, started off at the 107, DeAndre Hopkins. Honest question, do you think DeAndre Hopkins with his current situation would be in those in that top half uh, in like a veteran startup right now? So in the top half of like a sleeper Like do you think do you think that he would be in the top half of the first round in a veteran startup? Oh no. 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 I don't either. Because I think that people would go running back heavy very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a phenomenal receiver. We're just trying to figure out where he's going to fit with the Cardinals' offense. I think it might take him about a year, and then he'll get then he'll be right back to the top ten receiver again. Two hundred five. He took David Johnson. Now looking back, it, he did nothing. He was on the bench for like half the season, but now he's given the opportunity with Houston, the Bill O'Brien famous trade. He's going to be the starting running back with the Houston Texans. I can't believe his first two picks were the two guys that were in that Bill O'Brien famous oh trade. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, 406 then, so he must have traded away his third. He took Andrew Luck. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that's a tough second and third pick. I don't know how this team made the – like, that's incredible. The, this team made the playoffs when you had David Johnson and Andrew Luck with two of your top three picks last year. Uh, and then we also had uh, Chris Godwin at the 507. That's really good value now looking back. Incredible. Uh, 604, we have Rashad Penny, who he eventually dropped. 606, Tyler Lockett, so two Seahawks there in three picks. 806, Blake Martinez. 907, Royce Freeman. 909, uh, Lamar Miller, who he actually dropped and then picked back up. He's now on his roster. Uh, 1006, we got Ronald Jones. 1107, Vance McDonald. 1206, Corey Littleton, who is a starting linebacker with the, the Raiders. He's a good player. 1307, Keanu O'Neal. 1406, Carlos Dunlap. 1507, John Brown. John Brown, the 15th round is crazy value. Yeah, that's good. Uh, 1606, Adam Humphreys. 1707, that's a real steal right there, though. Josh Allen, quarterback, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and he going into the year, he thought Andrew Luck would be his QB. But Josh Allen, the 17th round, he is going to be his starter going forward unless he does something crazy because he's a great player. So that Andrew Luck pick actually didn't hurt him as much as we initially probably thought when he was when he retired. True. 1806, he took Jack Doyle. 1907, Quincy Inunua. 
2006 then, Darren Waller, who is so now his franchise tight end. We now know why he this team made the playoffs, even though the first two, two of the top three picks really didn't do so much for his team last year. Because when you get Josh Allen and Darren Waller in the 17th and 20th rounds, those were... Uh, Darren Waller was a top five tight end, I believe, last yes, year. Yes, he was. And then Josh Allen, as a young fantasy QB, that's a great value there. Twenty one oh seven. Then he took his kicker when Will Lutz. Twenty two oh six. Malcolm Brown, who I don't know why, but he's actually getting some hype in uh, training camp right now, and it sounds like he's going to be like the lead. I know you don't like hearing that for Cam Akers. He's going to be the lead back in the Rams committee approach. I hope not. Twenty three oh seven. Chris Conley. Twenty four oh six. Sean Williams and 2507, Demarcus Robinson uh, with the Chiefs. So uh, he has seven of those 25 players on his team right now. Looking at his rookie draft, so he initially had the four, which is where uh, you actually traded with Sterk because he moved up to the 101, grabbed Josh Jacobs. Rightfully sh- rightfully so, should be the 101 in that in that rookie class. 209, then he got Debo Samuel. That's really, really good, mm-hmm. <laughs> even with injury. 301, Hakeem Butler. Uh, and then 409, Bruce Anderson. I got to say something about Hakeem Butler. I thought going into last year that he was going to be like this franchise receiver eventually. And wow, was I so badly wrong on that one. He, he might not even have a role with the Cardinals this year with all their receivers. Yeah, we'll see because they have that air raid offense. We'll see if they uh, air it out. And, and factor some of those guys in, even with uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming over. Look at some of his depth chart here. So at the quarterback position, he has three guys. He's got Josh Allen and Phillip Rivers on his active roster. Then he also has Jacob Eason on the taxi, who is his backup with the Colts. So he's really believing in that Colts quarterback, whoever it may be, because Phillip Rivers may be gone. Yeah, um, with my... Surplus of starting QBs. I, I actually traded him Philip Rivers for a fourth um, in this, this past offseason. Thought it was solid value, but uh, Philip Rivers is trending pretty up right now with the Colts' offense looking the way it is. Um, he's a good backup for Josh Allen, but we'll see how much longer he has left in the tank. I think he's like 38 or something like that. Yep, and when Philip Rivers eventually fades out, he's going to have to try to find himself some sort of backup as well. Mm-hmm. But for now, he's fine. Running backs then. So we got Josh Jacobs. Uh, being his stud running back. Uh, then he's also got J.K. Dobbins, who he just got in the past rookie draft. Uh, Chris Carson, who is going to be his starter usually with Josh Jacobs. David Johnson, uh, another starter worthy, uh, even though he was traded to Houston. Malcolm Brown, uh, Jerick McKinnon, Lamar Miller, and Darwin Thompson. So uh, any thoughts on those guys? Yeah, those first four for sure. Um, Dobbins, I think, will eventually take over that mantle from Mark Ingram. But those first three of the first four are must starts pretty much every week as long as they're healthy. And then he's got some good value in some of those uh, backup guys. Like Jer- if Jarek McKinnon ever stayed healthy, like he would be a top running back. Um, I know they use a, a committee approach, but they invested all that money in him for a reason. So. Looking at some of those wideouts, then he has a ton of wide receivers. <laughs> Almost, wow. That's I can't believe how many he has. So we'll start at the top with Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Keenan Allen, Will Fuller, Henry Ruggs on his taxi squad, Brian Edwards on his taxi squad, both drafted rookies with the Raiders. 
Trent Taylor, who might have an interesting role, we'll see at the beginning with the Niners because of all their injuries. Although, although I have heard that um, that Debo's actually been like sprinting and is looking pretty good. So we'll see how quickly he can get back. D.D. Westbrook with Jacksonville. Deshaun Jackson, who I know a lot of people are hyping up right now because of all the injuries to the Eagles. And Deshaun Jackson's actually healthy for once. Jalen Hurd, who's actually on his IR. Devin Funches, who opted out. Marquise Goodwin, who opted out. Calvin Harmon, who tore his ACL. <laughs> so that's four straight guys right there on his IR. Donovan Peoples-Jones on his taxi with Cleveland. Kenny Stills, who could be interesting in Houston because uh, we don't really know what that's going to look like. Not DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Josh Reynolds uh, and then Reggie Bagleton. So do you have any thoughts on any of those? 16 uh, receivers? Yeah, 16 receivers. <laughs> I know that four of them are on his IR, so that makes it a little better. But still, that's 12 receivers. That's, that's crazy. Um, Juju and Keenan are, are must-starts each week. With all of his running backs, it's probably the last spots either going to be reserved for Will Fuller or if Henry Ruggs gets promoted. Um, Will Fuller was so boom and bust for me that I, I just – I didn't want to deal with it because I'd start him and he'd score three points and the next game he'd score 50 on my bench. I was just so frustrated with him. So, uh, And Deshaun Jackson, if he doesn't start Deshaun Jackson week one, it'll be sad because the last few years, as long as Deshaun Jackson is healthy, he goes off week one and then he cools down up to that. Um, you've got a lot of depth in that receiver position. It's, it took a, quite a bit of hit from the opt-outs. I also have to ask a question why he has Reggie Bagleton on this team, but we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Tight ends then, so I love his one-two punch with Darren Waller and Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is the hot commodity right now in fantasy just because Austin Hooper's gone and a lot of people are thinking that Hayden Hurst will inherit some of those targets. Uh, and Austin Hooper was awesome before his injury. Uh, yeah, I believe Hayden Needless Hurst. to say, let's call him Austin Hooper. Austin? <laughs> awesome Hooper. Oh, awesome Hooper. Yeah. Got it. Um I, I think Hayden Hurst was our first free agent taken in our rookie draft, too, in a really, yep. really good spot. He was the um, only free agent taken. Was he? Okay. Yep. Um, but, yeah, you get a top five tight end, and then on the, a really top tight end who's going to be this year. And then you got Gerald Everett just for some depth. Um, I think he's got some games that he goes off. I don't know how much he'd actually play him, but those top two guys are great. Yeah, I'd say that Everett and Higby are very inconsistent tight ends uh, with the Rams just because they, they run that three tight end system. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. We're going to have some Everett games. We're going to have some Higby games this year. Uh, kicker then, we got Will Lutz. He's a kicker with the Saints. Good offense. Uh, usually results in a good kicker. IDPs then. And defensive line, he's got Miles Garrett. Uh, innocent. And then we also <laughs> got Bradley Chubb with the Denver Broncos. Chandler Jones has some flexibility there too. Yes, because he, he has a, a DL and uh, linebacker flexibility. Then he also, at the linebackers, has uh, Corey Littleton and then Pewaukee's finest, TJ Watt. Defensive back, he has one, Jesse Bates. I know you asked me who the hell is Jesse Bates. <laughs> um, he actually had a pretty solid season. I think he was like IDP 7 or something. Uh, five at the DBs. Oh, for the DBs, yeah. yeah. He's with Cincinnati. Um so he probably is put into some sort of a safety role, I would assume. So he gets a lot of tackles. Yeah, I, I looked him up before this. Um, 100-something tackles, couple couple picks, couple fumbles. That that's gives you a top-five role as a DB. Um, he's definitely needing to get a DB um, for some depth at some point. 
But th that's some really good defenders right there. Like, all f six of them could play each week, and you'd be very okay with that. Uh, as long as Miles Garrett is confirmed innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at some of his picks. So, in 2021, he has a first, two seconds, his own and yours, a third, which is mine, and then a six. So, he has five picks. In 2022, he actually has a decent amount of picks. He's got a first. Your second, my second, uh, his own third, his own fourth, his own fifth, and his own sixth. And then 2023, he has all six picks. So um, looking at his depth here, at the moment, because he has so many players on his IR, um, and he did just get rid of Alex Smith, as you told me, uh, he is only required to cut two people at this current time. So I'm going to let you go ahead and say who your cuts are. Um, to start with, uh, I think with the two, uh, one was a little bit more difficult, and Darwin Thompson, I think um, he's got enough depth in his running backs. Um, I think there's a chance he makes it, but because of all the receivers that he's got, he might be able to cut another one of those guys, but I don't think he needs Darwin Thompson at this point. But the easiest one in the world is Reggie Bagleton. Um, I don't know if he's even making a roster this year, and I'm a, bi a quite biased Packers fan. Um as of now, I, I think he's a practice squad guy, so I, I think that he knows that, and I think he'll be cut as well. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the easy one. And I think we'll find out in the next couple days about these cuts because I'm pretty sure they're due on Saturday. Yeah, they are. So that's big. Um, my cuts are the exact same. So I have Darwin Thompson and Reggie Bagleton. Um, my only thing, though, about Darwin Thompson is – he could keep him if he's just like, you know what, I do want a little bit more running back depth, and he's okay with getting rid of one of those wide receivers because he has so many, it wouldn't hurt him by any means. The only one I could really think of him cutting would be Josh Reynolds. If you think about it, though, you, he, he does have 16 receivers in his roster, but with four of them on the IR and three on the taxi, although Ruggs and Edwards could both be promoted at some point, he only has nine on his – uh, is active roster. That's a little high, but not. And then if you take away Bagleton, that's eight. That's actually not as terrible of a number as you think. It's just the, all the IR and taxi spots. We're going to be right back to talk about some commentary on Sterk's team. Let's talk about some commentary on Sterk's team. So we've already made mention that he has a ton of wide receivers. However, he still does have some top-tier talent at the running back position as well. So I would say at the main positions, which are running back and wide receiver, not IDPs, he has a lot of depth, and that's awesome for him for trade purposes, as well as he's not going to run into many problems when trying to struggle with who he's going to start. Yeah, um, the depth is, is great for his team. It's it's definitely a huge strength for him. Go, go along with that, his team name is um, Deals on Wheels. And it's a very accurate name. He's always trying to come up with some kind of trade, um, giving offers out all the time. I do have to say, the few of the offers he sent me were a little low ball off the, off the beginning. Um and then we talk about it, and then I'm, we don't really come to too much of an agreement. But we've had made, we have made some trades in the in the league. I traded him Will Fuller for a first, and some seconds were thrown in there. Um, it, it this league is so active that it, it just seems there's trade offers coming up all the time. 
we already talked about this as well, but I think that both Raiders wide receivers could make their way onto the active roster at some point. Um, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. You're going to be a little shocked, but I'm way more excited about Brian Edwards than I am Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is a flyer, but Brian Edwards is going to be taking on the role that Tyrell Williams, who is now on the IR, um, is is going to be needing to fill. And Brian Edwards has been beyond hyped at training camp. So I like Brian Edwards, at least for this year, a lot more. He's getting me more excited than Henry Ruggs. Yeah, um, I've seen that that hype. And last year they were hyping up Darren Waller this much. This year they're hyping up uh, Brian Edwards that much. Maybe maybe you look into that. Um, at the same time, though, he's got he's relying on a lot of Raiders. Right I was now. just about to say he's that because the next point is Josh Jacobs. Oh so. yeah, okay. So yeah, <laughs> you guys got Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, and then he's got Ruggs and Edwards both in his taxi. And Corey Littleton. And, and oh yeah, that's right. He went to uh, uh, the Raiders now. Yeah, the, uh, I hope the Raiders do well because he's got all of their offensive weapons that are worth anything. <laughs> he just needs Derek Carr. That's it. Yeah, there you go. He should hit up Cascade Bear. <laughs> Just offering trades on the spot. Um, were you going to make that point about Josh Jacobs? Yeah, so I think that Josh Jacobs is well on his way to be a top-five running back at this point in time. The only thing that could hold him back is the passing game. Um, it is a little frustrating, though, because I have been hyping up Josh Jacobs a lot. I know a lot of people in the fantasy industry have been doing so as well. However, they just keep signing random pass-catching running backs. Theo Riddick. Devonte, uh, what is it? Devonte Booker from uh, Denver, and then they have Jalen Rashard there. So those do give you a little bit of pause. However, I still think with him being a typical three-down back, um, he's going to get involved. Let's say that he catches forty balls, he's going to be well on his way to being a top-tier running back. Yeah, uh, and they then they drafted Lynn Bowden to be an offensive weapon too. That I have on my team, like all the pass catching running backs are just kind of a little bit of head scratchers. But Josh Jacobs is really, really good. Um, also, Josh Allen is going to be a really good dynasty prospect. Um, I know that the Bills are a very run-heavy offense, but Josh Allen runs the ball a lot too, and he get the, he gets some double points that way. Um, a couple rushing touchdowns last year. As long as he can stick away from some of those turnovers, Josh Allen's going to be a really solid fantasy QB going forward. Bouncing back to Josh Jacobs, uh, he traded up to get your 101 in that rookie draft. Uh, you kind of traded back and got Kyler Murray. Josh Jacobs, looking back, as I kind of mentioned, is the clear 101, I would say, in that rookie class. I could say Kyler, though, on the other hand, could be, like, top three, Mm -hmm. two or three. We'll see what happens with, like, A.J. Brown and uh, Miles Sanders, though. So those guys (laughs) have a lot of hype. Um, But also, his IR is loaded. I don't mean, like, loaded, like stacked with good players i just mean like it's full (laughs) so i wonder if it's going to be legitimately full at some point during the season if there would be a covid situation what's he got four guys on there right now the 10 spots yeah like it could be and and some of those guys are cuttable but i mean you might as well throw them on there and keep them give them give them flyers um we talked about this before but his one-two punch at tight end it's really really good Darren Waller is a phenomenal tight end, and we and Hayden Hurst has been hyped up all year, um, to get all awesome Hoopers catches. <laughs> so uh, I think he's he's pretty much set at tight end. Uh, I believe personally that he should probably be a lock for the playoffs. He has so much depth. He has one of those top tier quarterbacks that he needs, um, and then he has so many players that he can really throw into his flex and be safe, even on bye weeks. So I look 
towards uh, Sterk's team and see him as a top four team this year? Um, yeah, looking through his roster, um, I, w- I would say I'd agree with that. He's he, um, between you, Randy, Ryan, and Sterk, um, and Will in that conversation, those five teams right now, they're on paper the best teams in the league. Um, small br- small thing is that eventually he's going to need to pick up some uh, IDP depth uh, just because for the two bye weeks, I think there's one when we're looking, looking through the lineups. Um, he has so many of his IDPs on bye one week that he's going to need IDPs for like two, guys, two days. Um, and we talked about this a few times. He has the top taxi squad by far right now because of Ruggs and Edwards. And within a few weeks, I'm sure one or two of those guys will be up and then the taxi squad will kind of come down to earth a little bit. But those two guys are going to have big roles this year and just determines if he's going to need to play them or not. I think that Juju could be in for a bounce back season. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be healthy. That's huge for the Steelers. That's huge for their offense as a whole and them as a team. Um, If he would go down, though, we're going to see the same thing we saw last year. Mason Rudolph sucks. Devin, Devlin Hodges sucks as well. So, But Juju is a good wide receiver. I'd really, really like if he could get back in the slot. When they had Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster was a rock star in the slot. When they started using him in the X last year, he didn't do much, even when Ben Roethlisberger was there. Well, they got James Washington and Chase Claypool to do that now, so sure. hopefully he can go back into the slot. Also, don't insult Duck. <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, I, I, we talked about it already. Um, I, I think Reggie Bagleton is probably the easiest cut. Even if he makes the Packers roster, he's probably not going to be active on game days. Um, just more of a, a fan pick during the offseason, and why not? Um, I'm sure by next week when we get the cuts are in, he'll be off the roster. Um, so when I look at some of his trades now, um, I know that you said as well, and we're going to talk about this in our next segment, but he had a lot of streaks, right? Mm-hmm. So he had, you know, some, I think he had like two or three win streaks and then he had like two or three losing streaks as well, which is really interesting. Looking at some of his trades here. So he actually received James Conner early in last season in exchange for Damian Williams and John Brown. That's a complete fleece in my eyes. Oh, my God, yeah. Regardless regardless of health. So, I mean, like right now you could think of that trade because Damian Williams opted out. Mm-hmm. James Conner for John Brown. I mean, that amongst itself is still a win, huge win. Mm-hmm. Although James, John Brown did have a great year, but you'd much rather have James Conner. And especially because Stefan Diggs is coming into the system, I think John Brown's going to take a big hit, mm-hmm. especially because they're not that big of a passing offense anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so rest in peace the two and a half months that he had Melvin Gordon on his team. Um, so he traded um, LaVisca Chenault, his rookie pick, um, and a 2022 second for Melvin Gordon. On June 14th, August 28th, he trades Melvin Gordon. Um, so two and a half months on Sterk's team uh, to Logan for uh, 2021 third, 2022 second, and Jamison Crowder. I mean, both of those seem very fair. It's just it's just kind of crazy that he got a guy for two and a half months and now he's gone without ever having to suit up for a game for him. Yeah, I voiced my opinion on the Chenault trade. I thought that was a complete fleece in my eyes because Chenault's an unproven rookie but the one that I just made with him with the Crowder deal that one was actually I think very very fair for both of us says the person in the deal well no. <laughs> um I don't know I think I think both of them are okay 
Uh, the Chenault one's not as much, but this one seemed pretty fair to me. Now, I'll let you guys in on some insider info here. You heard it first on the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. I was moments away from trading Melvin Gordon away on the exact same day that I acquired him. <laughs> but but trade negotiations fell off. That would have been quite comical. Uh, and I am still talking to that person about Melvin Gordon. So... Um, Another trade is, you know, I talked about that James Conner, um, that he got James Conner. This was really weird. So he traded it away later. Uh, Tyler Lockett in exchange for Robbie Anderson and Damian Williams. I bet you he wishes he could have that one back. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, Robbie Anderson could have a role this year. Damian's out, and Lockett's a great receiver there, yeah. So he also, in a trade with Will... Um, he received Juju Smith-Schuster and the 110, which was Jerry Judy, but for example purposes, he got the 201 from me. So really what you could think about this trade being is like Juju, Henry Ruggs, and whatever he uses my first on, because he has my first, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, whatever he uses that on for Chris Godwin. So so that was definitely a sell high for, for Sterk on Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's one of those top young wide receivers we'll just have to see what it really looks like when we look at the whole package so this was a big sell high and the other way um in the 101 deal is when i traded him the 101 and i got the 104 and his first this past year oh, okay and i packaged that to go get John- jonathan taylor sure so like he, he he's very willing to make these first round deals um selling high selling low whatever he can he he has deals on wheels yep and he's definitely seems like a pretty competent and smart mm-hmm. dynasty owner yeah that's big all right so um honestly just looking at that trade, I think Godwin may be slightly better if Juju can bounce back to what he has been mm-hmm. in his ultimate best. So I just wanted to make that comment because it is kind of interesting that, that they made that trade because Juju had such a bad year um, and then that first. But we'll see what happens um, if Juju – I know Juju is a free agent. Uh, I don't know if it's next year or the year after that. I think it's going in next year. But I know that they had mentioned uh, they don't even know if they're going to use the franchise tag on him, and that would be interesting if he doesn't have a good year to see what they do. Um, I I mentioned before that I, I traded him Will Fuller this offseason for uh, Will Fuller and my second this year and my second next year for um, a 2021 first because I didn't, I didn't have one. Um, offer off that much maligned trade that you uh, love to bring up about for Christian Kirk. Um, but I guess Will Fuller is such a boomer bust guy. Um, I've already said this before, but like he is an incredible talent, but he can't stay healthy. And when I have him in my lineup, he'd score five points. And when I didn't, he'd score 40. And I was done with him. So I don't know. What's your, what are your thoughts on that deal? Yeah. Um, I'd say it's it's pretty even. I'm I'm really interesting though interested though, um, knowing that Will Fuller in my eyes, I know a lot of people on the Brandon Cooks trade. I think Will Fuller is going to be the wide receiver one for Houston because he has the rapport with Deshaun Watson. If he can stay healthy, it's going to be a very very intriguing trade. Um,
Let's take a look at Sterk's 2019 season. Sterk ended the year 6-7. and seven. He did somehow sleep into the playoffs. He lost in the playoffs to Will, though, in the first matchup. So let's see how he got there. He had a two-game win streak, three-game win streak, and two three-game losing streaks. In week one, Sterk played against Andy and beat her by about 35 points. His leading scorer was DeAndre Hopkins with 32.1, and Andy's was Christian McCaffrey with 42.9. Sterk moved to 1-0. In week 2, Sterk played against Danny and beat him by 20 points. His leading scorer was Chris Godwin with 26.1 and Danny's was Julio Jones with 28.6. Sterk moved to 2-0. In week 3, Sterk played against Randy and lost to him by 33. Sterk's leading scorer was Tyler Lockett with 32.4. Randy's was Russell Wilson with 45.3. Sterk moved to 2-1. In week 4, Sterk played against Will and lost to him by 9 points. Sterk's leading scorer was Jacoby Brissett with 28.5. Will's leading scorer was Aaron Rodgers with 29.4. Sterk moved to 2-2. and two. In week 5, Sterk played against Rowdy and lost to him by 62 points. Sterk's leading scorer was Chris Godwin with 31.5, and Rowdy's leading scorer was Deshaun Watson with 51.7. Sterk moved to 2-3. In week 6, a three-game win streak started. Sterk beat Jake by 15 points. His leading scorer was David Johnson with 28.2. Jake's leading scorer was Calvin Ridley with 14.8. Sterk moved to 3-3. Three three. In week 7, Sterk played against Ryan and beat him by 75 points. Sterk's leading scorer was Darren Waller with 31.6, and Ryan's was Lamar Jackson with 23.3. Sterk moved to 4-3. In week 8, Sterk beat Taco by 13 points. Sterk's leading scorer was James Conner with 24. Taco's leading scorer was Jared Goff with 26.9. Sterk moved to 5-3. In week 9, Sterk lost to Justin by 3 points. Sterk's leading scorer was Josh Jacobs with 24. And Justin's leading scorer was Dak Prescott with 27.5. Sterk moved to 5-4. In Week 10, Sterk played against Logan and lost by 19 points. Sterk's leading scorer was Josh Allen with 25.4. Logan's leading scorer was Patrick Mahomes with 35.8. And Sterk moved to 5-5. In Week 11, Sterk lost to Tyler by 10 points. Sterk's leading scorer was Josh Allen with 39.8, and Tyler's was Kirk Cousins with 28.8. Sterk moved to 5-6. In Week 12, Sterk played against Andy and beat her by only 2 points. His leading scorer was Chris Godwin with 37.4. Andy's leading scorer was Christian McCaffrey with 34.3. And then he moved to 6-6. Six six. In Week 13, Sterk played against Danny and lost to Danny by 14 points. His leading scorer was Josh Allen with 25.5, and Danny's was Carson Wentz with 30.4. He ended the year at 6-7, and seven, somehow, slept, somehow slipped into the playoffs, played against Will in the 3-6 matchup, uh, and actually lost, or I think it would be the 3-6 yeah, matchup, uh, and then lost to Will by 13 points. His leading scorer was Jacoby Brissett with 26.6. 
Will's leading scorer was Austin Eckler with 31.3. Sterk was eliminated. Uh, so we are going to come right back and talk about our 2020 season preview for Sterk Daddy. Hi. You're just meat. Stinking meat. You freak. a good name for you. What's your name? Leo Greyjoy. What's your name? Leo Greyjoy. Let's get into that 2020 season for Sterk Daddy. So in week one, Sterk Daddy is playing against Danny, and and Sleeper is projecting that he wins by 4.1 points. Looking at some of his starters, Josh Allen, he's the guy. Running backs, he's got Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson. Uh, wide receivers, he's got Juju Smith-Schuster and Keenan Allen. Tight end, Darren Waller, and then his flexes. More times than not would be, as I already mentioned, David Johnson and then Deshaun Jackson, if healthy, uh, and then Will Lotz at kicker. Uh, looking at Danny's side, he has his usual running backs, and then in the flex he has Hunter Renfro and Raheem Mostert. After this matchup, Garrett would move to 1-0. and oh. In week two, Garrett is playing against Tyler. I'm curious if these projections would change with the recent trade that he did. Uh, including Kirk and Tevin Coleman. Uh, so Sleeper's projecting that Garrett beats Tyler by 15.2. Looking at some of those players, Garrett in the flex has Deshaun Jackson and Hayden Hurst. On Tyler's side, he has Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb at wideout. Rob Gronkowski at tight end. And then in <laughs> flex, he's got Brandon Cooks and Julian Edelman. But it is running backs, I think most of it would be thrown in there. I think it would be a little closer. Yeah, I would say that too. Um, and really, really speaking, at sometimes Tevin Coleman could win a matchup if he has one of those explosion games. Uh, so with this victory, Sleeper would move Sterk to 2-0. and oh. And <laughs> Got a lot of spelling errors on this thing. I tried <laughs> rushing it in so we could get it done. So Sterk in week three is playing against Spaceballs, and Sleeper's projecting that he loses by 11 points. Uh, on Sterk's side, usual guys with the flexes being David Johnson, Deshaun Jackson. On Steve's side, he's got Deshaun Watson at quarterback, <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott at running back, uh, and then he has 6.57 at linebacker. Uh, so basically, you guys don't know what it looks like on our end. We put all of the sleeper point projections in, and then after I do the auto sum, uh, you're getting a little in behind the scenes of podcast. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, production here, but uh, the point values 
after you do the auto sum, need to change back to the person's name, and sometimes I forget to do that. So we have 6.57 in the linebacker position for space balls and 5.89 in the defensive back for space balls as well. Along with the misspelling, that's quite the team that the week. Yeah, that was a complete L on my part. Uh, so you can't spell Logan without L's. So after this matchup, uh, Sterk would be 2-1. and one. In week four, Sterk plays against Randy, and Sleeper is projecting him to lose by 8.6 points. Looking at the rosters here, we have Hayden Hurst now in the tight end, and then the flex David Johnson with Sean Jackson. On Randy's side, in the flex, he has A.J. Brown and Odell Beckham with Dallas Goddard at the tight end. After this matchup, Sterk would be 2-2. Two and two. Week five, we finally have buys. It's the Lions and the Packers, and there's only one player on buy who may not even be on the roster. Reggie Bagleton for Garrett, uh, and Garrett is playing against Little Slats. Sleeper's projecting Garrett to win by 12.4 points. Looking at some of the matchups here, Garrett has J.K. Dobbins finally in the flex. So Sleeper's kind of projecting a week five breakout for J.K. Dobbins where he's given like the role. On Little Slad's side, he has uh, Robert Woods and David Montgomery in the flex. I also would assume that David Montgomery is back by week five. Makes sense, yeah. With this victory, Sterk would lo- would move to three and two. In the week six by, we have four of them. We have Raiders, Patriots, Saints, and Seahawks. Sterk Daddy is playing against Jake Cascade Bear. Players that Garrett has on by include, this is tough, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, and Darren Waller. So three starters. Oh, along, well, with, like, along with five, two more there. Yep, along with Will Lutz, which means he's going to have to pick up another kicker. Whether that be he wants the roster too or he just gets rid of Lutz. And then also a star linebacker in Corey Littleton. Looking at Sterk's lineup, he's got David Johnson and J.K. Dobbins in his running back spots. Hayden Hurst in the tight end, and then his flex is being Will Fuller and newly acquired Jamison Crowder. He does not have a kicker, and J.J. Watt, nope, T.J. Watt, is filling in for Corey Littleton. On Jake's side, he's got Drew Locke at quarterback, Debo Samuel filling in there with T.Y. Hilton, and then his flex is being Calvin Ridley and Devin Singletary. After this matchup, Sterk would lose by 18.6 and move to 3-3. In week seven, Sterk is playing against Ryan. Sterk has four players on bye, including the Colts, Jaguars, Vikings, and Titans. Sterk has two players on bye in Phillip Rivers and D.D. Westbrook. Looking at some of these matchups here, Sterk in the flex has David Johnson and Will Fuller, a.k.a. the Flying V on the footballers. Ryan has Alvin Kamara, hopefully. Kenyon Drake as the running backs, and then Flex is being Yuck, Anthony Miller, and Cole Beasley. I think that was the Fournette spot until all the craziness happened. Sure. And now he won't have it until week 13 by. Uh, so Sleeper is projecting Sterk to win by 1.6 points, moving him to 4-3. and three. I'll turn it over to Justin for week 8. So in week 8, there are six teams on by. The Cardinals, Ravens, Broncos, Texans, Steelers and the football team from Washington. Um, Sterk is projected to lose 
147.6 to 136.8 uh, and go 4-4 four and four on the year to me. Uh, so I'm supposed to beat Sterkin this week. Um, he does not have a uh, IDP flex in this spot because he's hit hard by IDP buys this week. Uh, he has Juju on by, Duke Johnson, Will F- Dave, not Juju, David Johnson, uh, Will Fuller, Bradley Chubb, TJ Watt, Kenny Stills, and Chandler Jones. Yeah, that's four IDPs. Three IDP. Wow, we're doing great right now. Uh, three IDPs and a, a couple offensive starters. So, uh, for his starters that week, we'd have Keenan Allen and Jamison Crowder at wide receiver. And his flexes, he'd have both tight ends playing, and Darren Waller and Hayden Hurst, and then Deshaun Jackson, Jackson and the other flex. He's losing by 11 to me right now, and that's with missing an IDP flex that he can sub in. Um, so after week eight, uh, he would be four and four. Going into week nine, there are four teams on by, and he's going to take an L from Logan. Uh, 158.3 to 134.6, so a 23.6 point loss. Uh, This week, uh, Garrett does not have a defensive back spot filled because Jesse Bates is on bye. Um, He also has Deshaun Jackson, Malcolm Brown, Josh Reynolds, Gerald Everett, and Miles Garrett all on byes. So this week he'd have Juju and Keenan at the wide receiver spots, uh, Darren Waller at tight end, David Johnson and Will Fuller in the flexes, although it says Duke on this um, <laughs> on this uh, sheet. So <laughs> Logan's taking quite a bit of L's tonight. Um, so after week nine, he's projected to be four and five. Going into week ten, he is projected to beat Will by 0. 0.99, 149.42 to uh, to 150.4. Uh, that is a very, very close matchup. Uh, this week he would have Darwin Thompson, who we'll see if he's still on the team at that point, uh, Keenan Allen, and Hayden Hurst on bye. Uh, so he'd have Deshaun Jackson slide into the starting receiver spot and Will Fuller and David Johnson as his flexes. Um, after that incredibly close victory, he'd be back to 500 and 5-5 five and five after Week 10. We move on to Week 11 where he is projected to beat Andy 144.4 to 115.6 and become 6-5 and five on the year. Stirk would lose Josh Jacobs, Jarek McKinnon, Trent Taylor, and Jamison Crowder to buy this week. So he'd have David Johnson slide on over to the starting running back role and Deshaun Watt Jackson and Will Fuller in the flex spots. Andy would be without a tight end this week. And would have Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup in the wide receiver roles, and Tyler Lockett and Curtis Samuel in the flexes. After week 11, Sterk is projected to be 6 and 5. We move on to week 12, where I always have to say NFL is dumb for not having buys. Um, despite that, Sterk is supposed to have another razor sharp close win 140.9 to 139.9. Um, over Danny. Uh, Stirk has his full complement of his top players from his week one lineup. It looks all the exact same. Um, Danny would have Christian McCaffrey and CEH as his running backs, and Mostert and Robbie Anderson as his flex spots. So after week 12, Stirk would move to 7 and 5. We move on to the final week of the year in week 13, where although there's two bye weeks, he is not affected. Uh, he is projected to be. Tyler, 146.3 to 121. 
Uh, so a 25-point victory to bring him to 8-5 and five according to Sleeper. Apparently on this document, Josh Jacobs is his starter in QB and running back. Um, <laughs> I am not high. <laughs> uh, so uh, Josh Jacobs is starting in two spots, so that, that might give him a better chance of victory here. The super running back flex. <laughs> um so truthfully, it'll be Josh Allen, uh, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, Juju Keenan, Darren Waller, Deshaun Jackson, David Johnson seem to be his every week starters for most of the weeks when everyone is um, not on buys. Um, so after week 13, he would he's projected to be at an 8-5 and five record according to Sleeper, and that record is most likely going to make him a playoff uh, participant. What is your thoughts on his record this year? So I also have Sterk at 8-5 and five, right on the dot. I think he has a good team. He did have a re- couple really, really close matchups there. Uh, that matchup where he has those running backs, tight end, linebacker, kicker on by all at once. It's going to be a tough chance for him to get a victory over Cascade Bear. Um, but I think that he has enough star power to get him to 8-5. and five. And like I said, I think he's going to be like a top four, maybe the five seed, uh, depending on how the standings fall. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think he's definitely making the playoffs. I don't know about seeding wise. Um, I think seven and seven, six, eight and five range sounds pretty good because he's had a couple really, really close victories. I think there's two or three that were like one to two points away. Um, I think eight and five is definitely makeable with the star power on his roster. So next week, I am planning to do two episodes. Justin and I are going to be kind of talking about what we want to do on one of the episodes. And then for the second episode, which is towards the back end end of the week, I'm either going to be doing solo or be bringing on one of the members from the For the Throne podcast um, to be previewing the upcoming season. Justin and I are going to be doing a review of all of our matchups Obviously not for week one, but we are going to do something a little different. I thought about it today, and uh, I said, Justin, it would be really, really fun to keep track um, like in an Excel file of like who was the best starting quarterback on the week for our entire league, who were the best starting running backs for the week, and so forth to fill out like our starting lineup. And originally I said, okay, they'll, they'll be called an all-star. But in honor of Sleeper, it's going to be called a cookie. So we're going to be giving out cookies every week to each player that scores in the top of their position um, to fill out a starting lineup. So two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, two flex, etc. Um, and then at the end of the season, we're going to see who has the most cookies for players and then for teams, uh, just as a, as a kind of fun side bet to see how that goes. And I know Justin loves himself some cookies. Uh, yes, I do. I, I love that idea very much. I, you just sprung it on me, and I could not be more happy about this. So next week um, on Justin and I's episode, we'll be doing not necessarily that, um, but we might be doing some bold takes. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll draw up a plan this weekend, and and we'll move on from there. So uh, get ready, guys. It is Wednesday right now. There is eight days until the NFL kicks off with the Kansas City Chiefs and newly engaged Patrick Mahomes versus the Houston Texans and Bill O'Brien's boys. We'll see you next time.